So I am hereby declaring someone new on my target list because the Andre Iguodala hate's getting a little old. So let's just on Patrick Beverly from now on, okay? Cool. Sounds good. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday and welcome to episode five. Four. Four? Four. God, I want to say five. Okay, episode four or five, to be determined <laughs> after we're done. Um, if there's one thing a Monday brings you, it is a new episode of Burners and Basketball. There are two consistencies in life, Adam, that you will have a new episode <laughs> of Burners and Basketball on Mondays, and that Ben Simmons, that Kyle Lowry will draw, will take a charge. There yeah, you go. Those are, yeah. Those are your two consistencies. Or maybe that he has a ring and everyone else knows what else. All right, Adam. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Oh, guys, and you cannot forget to email us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, burners and basketball at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. If you have a hot take you want to share with us, tweet it, hashtag Burner Take. Guys, it would be really cool if y'all would do that. I know it's like kind of inconvenient to log on to Twitter and be like, LeBron sucks, hashtag Burner Take. But it would mean a lot to us, and it will show us that you listen, and we will give you a legitimate shout-out. I will be like, Giannis427 just tweeted this Burner Take, okay? So let's see that happening. Adam, it has been another exciting week in the NBA. Tell us what you would like to start off talking about. Uh, Okay, so something that came out a few days ago earlier this week, uh, ESPN put out a list of the top 25 players under 25 years old. Uh, I thought Mm -hmm. it was a pretty interesting list. Their top three was Luka, and then Zion, and then Lamelo. Um... It was pretty interesting to read. I don't know. Do you, if you have any, anyone that you thought was ranked too low or too high that you want to talk about? No, it was just funny. Like, or this is the kind of game I used to like to play when I was like younger. And earlier, I was with two of my friends, and they were like, we spent maybe an hour and a half of them like guessing the top twenty-five. Okay, it wasn't that because we were like taking little like conversation breaks, but and it was like something that I haven't done since I was younger, and it just brought me so much joy. And I had to, like, give hints. It was really fun. Um, there is someone I think should have been on it that isn't. But I want to hear your thoughts first. Uh, the, the biggest thing to me, I thought DeMontis Sabonis, who's ranked 18th, I thought that was way too low. Uh, I know he's not the most exciting player to watch, but he really is effective. This year he's averaging 20 points, 11.5 rebounds, and 6 assists. That's just not something that big men typically do especially the assists. He's yeah. kind of the, he's at the center of everything Indiana does on offense. Uh, he's made huge improvements each year. Uh, yeah. So I would pick him over quite a few of the guys that were listed ahead of him. Uh, you know, if we're talking about drafting these players moving forward, uh, I'm yeah. a big fan of Sabonis and I think 18 is just too low. Yeah. The Grizzlies play them. Well, when you're listening to this, it'll have been last night, but when we're recording, it's Sunday. We play them tonight. I'm interested to see that matchup. Um, 
with him and JV. If y'all don't know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is finally supposed to return soon. And, you know, that's a guy who probably would have been on that list if he was healthy, which is kind of interesting to think about because it's like an obvious thing that he wasn't because he really has not had fairly enough time to show his potential. But someone I thought was ranked um, too low, even though he was ranked high, was Devin Booker. I think that might have been a popular opinion, but I just, I thought, I don't know. Some of the players, let me pull up this list. Some of the players that were over Booker felt weird to me. I felt like putting Fox over Booker and Ben Simmons. Oh, Adam's like holding his tongue because oh, he no, cannot. I'll wait, I'll wait for you to. Uh, I'll wait for you to finish your point. Oh no no no! I just I didn't. Ben Simmons snuck in there for me. <laughs> Y'all, I looked at this list and I kind of just skimmed past his name. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I don't like to be wrong about players. So, like, there is a good chance that I could be wrong about Ben Simmons. But I don't think... Actually, I know he's not going to be better than Devin Booker. Okay? (laughs) I'm sorry. Um, That's just not the case. And... Let me keep going down. I think Booker is going to be better than Fox, too. But I don't know. I just... This isn't about right now, but if it, even if it was right now. But this is about, I guess, years, you know, in the future. So I don't know really what angle they were going with that, having him, having Simmons above him. I just think with what we've seen so far and the ways in which each of them can develop, it seems like the ceiling of Ben Simmons is not number seven. Adam, you can agree or disagree. You're not going to be arrested. Yeah, I don't I don't really feel strongly about where Ben is. I do agree that Booker is too low. I would put Booker over De'Aaron Fox as well. I'd probably put him over Donovan Mitchell too. Uh, Devin Booker is really freaking good. Uh, I don't think that people realize just how much he contributes to winning because obviously the Suns were so bad for so long, but... I mean, look at what happens. He gets a real point guard. He gets Chris Paul. And all of a sudden, they're the second best team in the NBA record-wise. The Suns are legit, and it all starts with Booker, who is typically their best player. Uh, So I agree that that might have been too low for him. I think there is someone who was snubbed from this list. And I want to know if you've, again, I want to know if first you think anyone was snubbed from this list. Um, I think there are probably arguments for, uh, for some players, uh, you know, someone like Keldon Johnson in San Antonio, I like a lot. Uh, you know, if you like RJ Barrett, I'm not particularly That's mine. That's oh. my snub. Okay. okay. And, and listen, I'm not a fan either because RJ Barrett, first of all, he was out of their mouth in, in the draft saying, I don't want... I want the Knicks to pick me. And everyone knew Zion was the number one pick. So basically, I don't want the Grizzlies to pick me. But he knew, like, that we didn't want him either. And it was just a bad look. Like, he's trying to be, like, act like it's his choice if he falls to three. You know what I mean? And I just didn't like that. 
It rubbed me the wrong way. Anyways, but I think he should have been on the list. And I think it's actually really odd how much the NBA and coverage and media doesn't like to pick him up. To me, it seems like a player they would. I mean, he's on the Knicks. And the Knicks, though, they haven't been good in a long time. I mean, that's a big market. You know what I mean? So I feel like they would love the story of a kid going to New York and as the second best player on their team, making them a legitimate playoff team. I mean, the issue last season was really his shooting. But this season, from three, I think he shot 32% last season. I was actually looking into him the other day. And this season, he's shooting above 38%. So that's a big jump. Um, yeah. I mean, RJ's been has definitely improved a lot this year. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons why the Knicks went from, you know, being in the gutter to all of a sudden a competitive team that's probably going to make the playoffs. Uh, it probably does start with the three-point shooting, like you mentioned. Uh, he's also seemingly a better passer. He's averaging more rebounds. Uh, it just, you know, I, not that I watch every single Knicks game, but whenever I do tune in, he seems much more confident than he was last year uh, and much mm-hmm. more comfortable. And I think that probably contributes to it as well. Yeah, it's just it's a little weird. I don't know. It's like it's become weird. The dynamics of that draft and the coverage of the players, I think, are very interesting Yeah, because it almost feels like Zion was hyped up until he lived up to the hype in a certain, in a way, like he was obnoxiously hyped up to where every layup, he's obviously still hyped up, but then it's like, once he started playing that way, they're like, all right, jaw, your turn. And then I don't know. And then it's like, RJ, go sit in the corner and time out. Like we don't, we don't acknowledge you here. So I think RJ was snubbed. I think in the next few years, I think he could be a star. I'm saying it here. I think he could be a star. And I also like the Knicks. I think they're a sweet team and I root for their success. And I yeah, want to this, give all of this Knicks thoughts. team. It's a feel good story. This year's Knicks team. It's hard not to, you know, root for them, you know, given, you know, how passionate their fans are and how bad they've been for so long. Uh, I, I don't mind seeing the Knicks and their fans get a little, you know, get some pleasure out of this year. It's just like really cool for me, like because I'm just kind of in love with like at the end of the day, the guys on this list, like how good are they, right? Like, I mean, we saw the other night that Zach Levine is 26, but Zach Levine dropped 50, and then Jason Tatum, who's only 19, I'm so sorry, I had to, um, dropped 50 as well, and it's just like really cool. I mean, you watched maybe the game today, which would be yesterday if you're listening, where Tatum was just you know closing it out against Denver. I only got to catch the fourth quarter, but he's so good. And like, he's not even in the top three on this list, which is yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah. I would put personally, I would put Tatum ahead of Mitchell and Lamelo ball. I would put him in front of Lamelo. I think the Lamelo thing is way too soon. Um, I, I love Lamelo and he should be high on this list, but I think Tatum has done too much. To I agree. Put Lamelo or Mitchell for that matter over him. Tatum is, you know, obviously an incredible shooter, a great scorer. He can do it on his own. He makes his teammates better. He's an excellent defensive player. Uh, We've seen him do it in the playoffs on multiple occasions. I'm Mm -hmm. a huge Tatum fan, uh, aside from when I have to think about that the Sixers traded him for Markel Fultz. Uh, But other than that, 
you know, Tatum is is a thrill to watch. And not that Lamelo and Donovan Mitchell aren't. Of, certainly, Lamelo is you know one of the most fun players to watch in the entire league right now. But uh, I think Tatum he would be number three for me behind Luca and Zion. Yeah. Um... So anyone listening probably already knows this, but James Wiseman, it was announced today that he's probably going to be out. for. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be out for the season with meniscus, knee. What's, yeah, what's meniscus. the official? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I just like hate that because the conversation was already so much like, wow, the Warriors are dumb. Wow, Wiseman. And it's like, oh my God, this kid cannot catch a break. He... Like, since college with that whole ordeal with Penny and him not being able to play, and then he goes to the league, he's injured, and then he plays for a little, he's injured again. I mean, he's 20 years old, and people are going to be acting like he's this scrub who is doomed for the rest of his life. And I don't know, I hate that. Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to, it's hard not to think about if you're a Warriors fan you know, that they haven't gotten that much from Wiseman this season and they took him ahead of someone like LaMelo. Uh, so I get why people, you know, bring that up. Uh, definitely, you know, any young player deserves a lot more time than, you know, 50 games or however far into the season we are to prove themselves. And if Wiseman is out for the rest of the year, which it seems like that's a real possibility, uh, then, you know, if you're a Warriors fan, the hope is that in year two he makes another leap Uh you know, I, I would imagine it's pretty difficult going from, you know, playing only a few college games to all of a sudden being a starting center in the NBA. Uh, yeah. So I definitely think, you know, to some extent he's in a difficult position. Uh, but, you know, ultimately they are going to need him to, uh, you know, be the kind of, you know, defensive anchor and scorer that they, you know, so desperately need right now. Yeah. I mean, listen, Warriors fans, I know firsthand what it is like to draft a very promising big who suffers with injuries early in his career. Bringing, circling back to Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, And I know that we kind of got lucky because we were able to draft uh, John Morant next season. So, hey, look at it that way. Maybe this is happening so you guys can get your Cade Cunningham this season. That would be quite nice for them. That would be quite nice. Um, But, yeah, I think that I certainly have cringed at my front office before. So I do understand that, but I kind of hate taking it out on the injured player. Actually, I very much hate taking it out on the injured player. Um, Okay. So speaking of Jaron Jackson Jr., can I talk about the Grizzlies? You guys? Yes, you can. You guys just let me. Okay. (laughs) I've had a hard week. It was a long week. So, and this is tea. So for my NBA fans that like to hear a little bit of the gossip side of things, this is what it is. Um, The Grizzlies had two revenge games in this past week against two specific players. And let's talk about that. Um, Adam, why don't you tell, I bet you know without me even telling you, who are the, what are the two pairs? Uh, I know the first one has to be Andre Iguodala. Yes. Uh, and I am going to assume that the second one is Trey Young. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, so Iggy, first of all, let's talk about a theory. Andre Iguodala just didn't travel um, when the Heat came to Memphis earlier this season due to he was injured, sick. I think he was like an illness. 
he was avoiding Memphis, right? I mean, is there any doubt about that? I certainly know. I, I can see why he would want to. Uh, he's certainly not not beloved there. It's 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 just really it is funny, like because like it's I get why he would, but it seems like you know a guy like that who's older and has seen it all would maybe find a little bit of humor in it. But I think he was like, no, I don't even want to deal with this. I mean, fans would have booed him anyways. Dylan Brooks. When Iggy decided, I don't want to play for the Grizzlies, obviously there's more to that situation. He was on our roster, but he didn't even ever go to a practice. He just said, get me to a contender, um, get me away. So then in an interview, Dylan Brooks said, I can't wait until we play Andre Iguodala so we can show him what this Grizzlies team is all about. And the other day, Dylan finally got his chance and he dropped... I don't know, a bunch of points. And he and we beat the Heat. And then our most beloved player, Grace Nallen. Adam. Uh, my former profile picture on Twitter. Yes, that's how everyone knows him. It's like not the dirty player from Duke. It's Adam's holding a puppy on Sixers Adam's profile picture. That's, that's his legacy. Yeah. So Trey Young tweeted, um, a few months ago and it was like a video do you remember this adam it was like a video of of grayson like fouling him and he was like come on this is absurd and in that same like that's just kind of a very weird thing to do unless it's like just disgusting and as if you weren't hard fouling players and flopping the whole game whatever and I'm Grayson, just letting you. I'm just letting you let out all of your Grizzlies angst right now. <laughs> this is just your basketball therapy session. Okay, yeah. If you're listening, people like NBA fans definitely don't like the Memphis Grizzlies are probably more towards the bottom of the ladder on teams they know about. So listen, I'm giving you guys more knowledge, and you know you're going to be a better basketball fan because of that, and a better person. Um, so Grayson Allen was like, was like. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did it hurt? Anyways, hilarious. And then they played. Obviously, they had literally personal Twitter beef and Grayson dropped 30, which is just kind of insane. Grayson Allen is dropping 30 on a top 25 under 25 player. Yeah, You love to see it. Well, you love, you to, see love it. to see it. I don't necessarily love to see it. Okay. That's, that might just be you. Okay. I guess that is me. Um, Adam, didn't we, didn't we ask the, the listeners some questions on Twitter? Yes, we did. We, uh, we looked for some a little Q and a that we can do today. Uh, we've got three questions that we're going to go through. Ooh. Um, if you ever want to submit a question, you can tweet to our Twitter at burners and B ball, or you could DM it there. Uh, and then burners and basketball at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to email it. If you're, wait, you know, if that's how you prefer communication, wait, I have one last person I want to talk about this week. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> Before we get to the questions, Patrick Beverly. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Yeah. What about Patrick Beverly? <laughs> okay. Okay. Morris, the Morris brothers, Marcus and Markeith Morris, were both ejected on the same night, and you know who else was ejected that night? Patrick Beverly. Can we talk about a holy trinity? I mean, if you gather the three most likable, nice guys in the NBA, 
There you have them. Mike yeah. Conley, they put him to shame. That's right. Anyways, what a night. Um, and I want to say something, and it's kind of an apology. I have seen your complaints about Patrick Beverly over the years, and I've just kind of shrugged them off. Is he really that bad? I mean, I mean, you got guys like Draymond, Trey Young, in my opinion, is really annoying. Guys like that who are so unlikable. And it wasn't until I saw the Grizzlies play the Clippers in person that I completely understand everything you guys said. This man, literally, not only is he flailing and flopping his body around every time down court, I'm probably sitting like five rows back and still kind of isolated because, you know, there's some rows backed out due to COVID. And you can't really, you hear one or two words from the players, you know, one loud curse word, but... Patrick Beverly, you hear every single word this Patrick man says. Patrick Beverly is a loud, loud man. He is so little, and I think he overcompensated. Compensate? Compensate! I can't talk today by being the loudest person in the room. I wanted to tweet that, but then I was like, wait, short kings matter. Plus, he's not that short compared to... How tall yeah. is Patrick Beverly? Patrick Beverly is like 6'1". <laughs> In the in, NBA, he's a short kid. In the NBA, he's like a yeah. In the NBA, he's really short. In real life, not not quite. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry to my short kings now for calling Patrick Beverly a short king. Anyways, I've never heard a man that loud in my life. And after every single call, literally at halftime, everyone had exited the arena, and Patrick Beverly tried to talk to the referee, and he was like, "Go away, sir." So I am hereby declaring someone new on my target list because the Andre Iguodala hates getting a little old. So let's just on Patrick Beverly from now on. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Adam, who's your player? Who's your, you can't, are you not going to talk? <laughs> no, I, yeah, no, I will talk about it. You want to uh, talk about it? Yeah. Are you ready? I feel I'm like ready. it's time that they know the truth. Yeah. So the people who are listening to don't, this, don't be too aggressive. Me, people who already know me are laughing because they know what the answer to this is going to be. I just despise JJ Redick. Like I really like I I hate watching him play. I hate listening to him talk. I hate his podcast. I hate all of his complaining. I hate just about everything you can hate about JJ Redick. I'm not going to be too mean in, in what I say, although thank I seem you, to already thank be you. I'm like mean. sitting here like, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not like going to do anything that causes Blue Wire to like part ways with us or anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, if I, you know, if you ask me for a, uh, if you ask me for like that one guy who really grinds my gears, it's JJ Redick. So did you ever watch How I Met Your Mother? No, I didn't. So there was an episode of How I Met Your Mother and it was like your pit person. And it was like the one person in the world that you would just couldn't be stuck in a pit with. And Adam's pit person is... Oh, it's absolutely J.J. Reddick. It's J.J. Reddick. And not, like, and not just in basketball. Like not, no, that's not what I'm just, saying. And not even just sports, like in the entire universe. No, like mine like would not be any bas- anyone you guys know. Like I'm not... I don't have any strong feelings toward a basketball player that surpass real life feelings towards people. But Adams, I'm not kidding. It's JJ. Yeah. Uh, JJ Redick, not my favorite player that I can say certainly. And may I just say, I have no negative feelings towards JJ Redick just to get that on the record. This is not burners in basketball is not endorsing this comment. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. This is the official (laughs) stance of burners in basketball. 
JJ okay, Reddick well, is the worst. Okay. You can't speak for the pod. Okay, yes, I, can. to, okay. I just did. You just did. Fine. Fine. Well, we'll see who gets the last word on that. Wait, was that like a threat? Anyways. <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Anyways, uh, we put out a tweet. Blue earlier. wire. Don't, don't cancel yeah. We put out a tweet on the at burners and eball Twitter account uh, a few hours ago, looking for some questions. Uh, we decided to pick three that we liked a lot to discuss on tonight's episode, or I guess tomorrow morning, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, the first question is from Zach Wolf, who asks, how did both of you get introduced to sports media? Molly, do you want to take that one first? I'll take it away. Um, I kind of like was introduced to sports media before I knew I was introduced to sports media. Um, sure. A lot of you guys know this, but Oh my God. It's like, Adam's like not this story again. I'll tell it fast. I started this Grizzlies fan account when I was 12 and I kept doing it until it became sort of a big thing. Um, I actually wrote a few articles for this site that was called three shades of blue. It's not around anymore, but when I was like pretty young, like 15, I have a few articles that I wrote, but then I did this reveal when I was 18 and, (laughs) um, Oh my God, you guys, I, Adam just sent me a text that something he can't say on here. Yes. Something that won't be repeated about someone who we may have just been recently discussing. Oh my God. Don't do this to them. This is, this has gone too far. I was telling a lovely story about my, how a little girl fell in love with. Go, all right, go back. Let's, let's hear. How did the girl fall in love with basketball? Anyways. <laughs> no, I don't remember. I have ADD. This is difficult. Okay. So then I, I revealed, I'm like, you guys, I'm a girl. The crowd goes wild. Molly <laughs> Morrison suddenly. <laughs> I feel like we're like on something today. You're big Molly and famous. Morrison, I'm there are billboards splatter. Okay. You guys not going to lie. I was like a celebrity for 48 hours in my town. Like it was like the, the trending story because it was like, Oh my God, made in Memphis is an 18 year old girl. And I like had an article written about me by like the biggest sports writer in the city. I was on the Chris Vernon show, which is really cool. Cause Chris Vernon is great. Um, I was on the news. I was on the local news. I'm like not kidding. Like, I so will never a celebrity say here, folks. I will never call myself a celebrity, but like in those hours, like I was the the celebrity. So yeah, um, and I just kind of like fell in love with it after the fact. I mean, I realized like, oh my god, this is happening for me, and I can actually do this for the rest of my life. And that is how I got into it. It was kind of by hard work and not cloud chasing because (laughs) I feel like a lot of, there's a lot of cloud chasing nowadays. And like, maybe like I chase cloud to an extent now subconsciously, but at the time I literally had no intention of ever having a single follower on my personal Twitter. I didn't even tag myself when I did the reveal on the made in Memphis account. So yeah. But I'm very grateful to have the audience that I do now and to be able to talk about basketball with JJ Reddick's number one fan. <laughs> don't even don't even joke about something like that. That's the worst thing you could ever call someone is a JJ Reddick fan. Um, 
my I think story might be worse things. <laughs> my story, aside from I don't have the big surprise reveal, but other than that, my story is pretty similar. Uh, when I was pretty young, uh, sports were my big passion, and I had actually a teacher uh, suggest that I try writing about it. And I started doing it. This was in like fifth or sixth grade. And ever that since. That teacher was JJ. <laughs> and that teacher was JJ. Um, this is your villain origin story. Yeah, well, J- that was a smart idea, so it couldn't have come from J.J. Reddick. Um, okay. So anyways, uh, I started basically writing on my own, not even for, uh, like, it's another website. I just made a page on Medium and started writing, you know, just all the time, basically. Uh, and then uh, at Liberty Ballers, which is SB Nation's Sixers blog, uh, some spots became open. And all of a sudden I had all of this, you know, all these different examples of my writing that I could submit. Uh, So I applied for a job and I got it at Liberty Ballers in um, May of 2018. So I was just finishing up my sophomore year of high school. uh, And I wrote there for a couple of years now with the rights to Ricky Sanchez. Um, You know, as far as advice for getting into it, I would just say try to do as many things as you can. Try to get out of your comfort zone too. Uh, you know, everything that you can show that you can do is a big help when you're, you know, trying to get into, uh, you know, get into the sports media industry. Not that, you know, I'm some full time big shot or anything, but uh, I, I credit most of what I've achieved to, uh, you know, just being willing to try a lot of different things. Beautiful. All right, Adam. Next question. Thank you, um, Zach for asking us that wonderful question. All right, our next question comes from Harold, who says, Hi, Harold. Who do y'all see being the two top players in the NBA for the next five years and why? So I I have an interesting thought here, which is if we're talking about the next five years, I would say Giannis and Luka. But if we're saying... But if we're saying who are the top two players in five years from now going to be, I would say Luka and Zion. Um, And this is a good segue to talk about Zion, who I watched uh, the other night when the Pelicans beat the Sixers. And I just don't know how anybody is ever going to be able to stop him. He's too explosive. He's so quick. He's so strong. Like he has all these different amazing physical tools that nobody else has. He's, you know, one of the heaviest players in the NBA, but also, you know, quicker than everybody. Uh, It's, you know, completely nuts how good he is. And uh, even against a team with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, who are both, you know, defensive player of the year candidates in a given year, uh, he just got to the rim at will over and over and over. Uh, So, you know, Luca is the one I feel the most confident in just because, you know, he's in year three and he's already putting up these unbelievable numbers like he did last year as well. Uh, but yeah, if we're talking about the next five years, I might include Giannis, who's just, you know, so good on both ends. Everybody obviously knows, uh, you know, Giannis is a true superstar at this point. Um, but yeah, Luca is incredible. I don't think that one needs much explanation either or Zion who every time I watch him, I find myself even more bought in on him, uh, just in general. Yeah. I saw a tweet one time that was like, Zion constantly walks like he has change in his pockets. And I think that's really funny. Hmm, And I think about it every time I watch him move. But yeah, I am a 
God, I'm a huge Zion fan, and I totally agree when you say no one can stop him. In my opinion, literally the reason I'm a little bit hesitant to say that is because I feel like the only person that could stop him is himself. I get worried with any big man about injuries, right? So, like, I'm not trying to curve Zion here. Like, I will pray (laughs) everything in me that he is healthy for the rest of his career, but... I don't know. It's like someone that big, I just get nervous. It's almost like I'm more nervous with someone that big than someone like small, like John Morant. Um, But he just, he's like something that we haven't seen in our generation of basketball or maybe no one's ever seen the way he, he can get in the paint, but like once he's in there, like he, it's his decision what happens, right? Like, he has so much control over that area of the court and like, he's not limited to that area of the court. Right. So he's not just catching lobs, you know, doing those things. Like he's doing everything that it's like, how can a player like that, like go downhill if they're healthy? Like how can he, if no one can stop him, like he's only going to keep getting better. And yeah, that's the scary part. Exactly. You can't he's, really get worse. Zion is only going to improve as he ages. He's going to get, he's going to become much more mature. He's going to develop more skills. Oh, and that's he's so already scary. a skilled player. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it really is terrifying. And if I were a Pelicans fan, I would just be like over the moon with excitement about, you know, like, first of all, Zion seems like, you know, a super nice guy, totally down to earth. Uh, if you're a Pelicans just, fan and you're listening to this, then. Thank you for sticking by my side through it all. Man. Yeah, and and uh, we ha- Pelicans fans and I have a common enemy now in JJ Redick. So, uh, oh yeah, that's right. So maybe we should just become a Pelicans podcast. <laughs> uh, See, yeah. here's the thing: I've I've halted my Pelicans or I've paused my Pelicans slander. First of all, it was never about Zion. Obviously, it was about how we're two young teams. We got the first and second guy. It's fun to battle through that but i'll admit here i'm not gonna talk shit until we can beat you guys because i have no confidence that we can beat you guys right now i think we're good i think we might even be a little bit overall better than you all around but we match up awfully (laughs) awfully against you and that is why you will not see me saying anything it's not because i'm oh zion's so good like I'll still try to fuel the fire. I don't care if Zion's playing better than anyone on my team, but yeah, I mean, y'all match up great against us. So did you give us two players or did you give us one? I'm sorry, say it again. Did you give us two players or did you just give us one for the question? Uh, two. You gave us two. Yeah. Luca, right? Yeah. You sure. Okay. I might've zoned out. Um, <laughs> that- <laughs> everyone pay attention it's it's late in the day and it's my ADD so if you're asking me next five years is a lot harder of a question in my opinion than I don't know how you intended it um how Harold intended it I think that's a way harder question than five years from now next five years because like there's so many guys I mean think about LeBron who how old is he (laughs) 37, 36. We forget this every time. Yeah. So like five years ago, who would have thought he was still like 
the best player, one of the best top players in the league, you know, when he's that old. So, like, the next five years, like, who knows? Like, James Harden could be the best player, right? Like, yeah. um, it could be a guy who's not – probably not towards the end of it, but you don't know. I mean, because as a player like that continues to freaking thrive, like, you'll see the rise of other players. So, let's take – I'm going to go with younger guys. I'll take Zion too. And I will take Jason Tatum. Oh, like um, it. Yeah. I'll take Jason Tatum, even though that's kind of a weird answer. And I could, if I sat down and thought about it, replace him with several people. I could also do that with Zion. It's, but if I had to pick two, I'll invest in Jason Tatum. Um, I don't know. I think we already talked about him, so I don't really need to delve into that too much. But I think that that team has been struggling significantly. So it's a little bit, he's maybe not getting the same hype that he could be because of the disappointment in that team. But I think once that situation improves or maybe he goes into a different situation and is able to flourish, like some of his skills are just like so top tier that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, he does things a lot of maybe other players do, but he does them like perfectly. So. Yeah. All right, we got one more question, and then we'll wrap it up. This is this comes from Chris, who asks, "What is a team that is a sleeper in the playoffs?" Molly, do you want to go first on this one? So a team that like that the, people people are sleeping on that might do better than you know people expect. The freaking Suns. Like, that's the second best player in the league right now, and no one is talking about them. I guess this idea is, like, everyone is still assuming, which is valid. Like, if LeBron and AD are healthy, the Lakers are going to be the team to beat. Um, But I don't know. I mean, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Aiton, I'm taking them. The The Suns have personally been my favorite team to watch this year. They just have so many interesting players. They I all agree. go really well together. It's, it all fits in perfectly. I, Devin Booker is obviously awesome. Chris Paul is maybe my favorite player of all time. Uh, yeah, I yeah. love watching the Suns, and I like it. I it's interesting because they're the two seed, but you know from what people talk about with the Western Conference, you'd think that they were like a six or a seven seed, right? Because of how often people talk about Utah and the LA teams, and mm-hmm. you know all of those. Phoenix is really damn good. And Um, we saw them in the bubble last season. They literally didn't, were not able to make the playoffs because they had been so far out of them, but previously, but like, didn't they go like undefeated in the bubble? They went eight and no in the bubble. I mean, who's to say they won't do that again? Yeah. Well, hopefully we don't have to do another (laughs) bubble, but, uh, yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix is a great team and, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if they, go really far in the playoffs with the way that they're playing right now. They're really unbelievable. Speaking of bubble, I just remembered this like girl tweeted like last season and was like, just got invited to the NBA bubble. Like this is not going to work. And like, (laughs) it was like going, so I like copy and pasted the tweet and tweeted it. Like thinking like it was like the top story. So I was like, Oh, people are going to get like, I'm joking, but like instantly it got so many likes and retweets and quote tweets. And I got, so many texts and messages. Who invited you to the bubble? Oh my god! And I had to delete it. And I will never joke about being invited into the bubble again. Yeah, different story for a different time. But I almost got into the into the bubble actually. Uh, 
it didn't end up happening, but there was a, there were like, there was like a three day period that I thought I was going to the bubble, which was very exciting, but obviously it did not go anyways. Uh, my sleeper okay. team, also in the West, I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets, who I believe I on knew our first, you were going to take them. You told us that. Yeah, already on our first or second episode. episode, I talked about how I think the Nuggets are a bit underrated. Uh, Aaron Gordon has already been very good for them. He's kind of filled the role that Jeremy Grant left when he went to Detroit. Um, Nikola Jokic, to me, is the runaway MVP at this point, just because, you know, Joel Embiid has missed so much time, as has LeBron. Uh, and now Harden's like, her. It's even literally... guys like Harden and Giannis are now missing time. And Jokic, I could be wrong, but I don't think has missed a game. Hey, knock on wood, because it's literally last man standing at this point. Like, Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just really, you know, I just love how that team is built around Jokic. I, I'm i a big fan of Jamal Murray. Michael Porter Jr. has been awesome recently. I would recommend. Jackson, If you follow Jackson Frank... <laughs> On Twitter, he just wrote something great about Michael Porter that I would strongly recommend. Everyone, um, get your vaccines. Speaking of Michael, yes, yeah, speaking of Michael Porter, please, please get your vaccine if you can. Uh, this comment was endorsed by Michael Porter. Jr. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. actually told us to say that. Oh um, my god! But yeah, I would go with the uh, I would go with the Nuggets. I think uh, you know, I think people respect them after what they after the three one comebacks they came back from twice in the bubble. Uh, during last year's playoffs, but I still think they're probably a bit underrated. Uh, and I think they could make like very real noise in the West. Okay, guys, we appreciate your questions. And we are aware that there are more questions which will be answered in upcoming weeks. Remember to tweet hashtag BurnerTake, please. I will literally write you a letter thanking you. Hashtag BurnerTake, make this a thing. Email us, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Adam, give us one of your, oh, I'm Molly Morrison at Molly Hannah. I'm on Twitter, Sixers Adam at Sixers Adam. Give us your awkward sign off right now. <laughs> I Here is the awkward sign off where I don't know exactly what to say and I don't have enthusiasm. Perfect. Thank you, guys.